This week on the podcast, we dive even deeper into the sale of the .org domains. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. I have a very special guest today, Jacob Malfaus. The you know he is involved in the founding of Eco Domains. He has worked at ICANN and uh, also an active father. Which you know what props to that. Speaking as an active father, it is it is beyond a full time job. Welcome, welcome to the podcast again, Jacob. Hi, George. Thanks for having me. You know we're we're jumping on a issue that has uh, really just. It's taken over my mind, and I want to help the audience understand the gravity of what is currently going on with the sale of .org, .ngo, and the the, the change uh, and selling of the public interest registry. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Where, where do I begin, Jacob? <laughs> I think it comes down to the notion of ownership and symbolism. You know, the Internet is where so much dialogue and discussion and advocacy is happening. And .org is always a part of that. It really is a global public resource. There are over 10 million .org domain names, and it's relied upon by all kinds of organizations from all kinds of different stripes across the political spectrum. You know, as such, it really is a piece of signature architecture. I think about it as like the nonprofit's Eiffel Tower. You know, it's it's something that truly is a common unifying element across all of us. And I think that's why it's important to think about who owns it and how it's run. So let's get into the players involved and just let's just start with the most basic thing. Uh, someone's listening right now and they have a dot org. Uh, I care about the world dot org. Are you telling me that someone just bought my domain and I don't own it anymore? Dot org. It still functions. It still works. All your .org domain names still work. The real change is in who owns .org. So who controls all the rules and the revenues around how the .org domain as a whole is run? Gotcha. So we're not talking about, oh my gosh, it's going to go away. This is just some geeky plumbing thing of the internet. And the worst case thing is the the prices are going to go up. The prices going up is just part of the story. Um, plumbing is a great analogy. For me, um, this is a problem that at first, you know, you don't think about. We're all doing our day-to-day do-gooding work, trying to change the world. And then all of a sudden your plumbing blows up and there's water everywhere and it's a giant mess. And you have to stop what you're doing and deal with this problem. And that's kind of what's happened to .org here. It's really a, a plumbing issue that we need to address. Let's go back to the question of who are the players involved? Like who's like in charge of selling and buying? Like how can I just set up a, a TLD, these uh, these domain ownership structures? Like who's in charge of this stuff? Uh, it's a bit Byzantine, but you can think about it in a really simple way as like a wholesale resale, a wholesale retail relationship, right? So. There's a, a regulator that oversees all of the domain names on the whole Internet. It's a California nonprofit called ICANN. And if you want to run a domain name ending, you apply to ICANN as the regulator and you get a license 
to run that domain name ending. It's a bit like, you know, uh, going to the city to get a license to build on a piece of land. And once you have that license, you can then uh, lease uh, land, sublet land out to people. So you, you have the right to run .org. That gives you the right to then sell out .org domain names to people, and you get a chunk of the revenue from every .org domain that exists. Okay, I'm following you. I'm getting my permit, so if I want to set up .George Rocks, I go in and say, like, look, this is only for humans named George that want to have this ending to websites that they would then uh, be able to lease, essentially, from me for the little price of $1 billion per, per name. Yeah, and those, those organizations that own domain name endings are called registries. And the biggest registry is the .com registry. It's run by a company called VeriSign, and it's worth uh, in the billions of dollars. It's a publicly listed company. There are also other kinds of domains, like country code domains, they're called. So, for example, .ca for Canada or .de for Germany. A lot of those are nonprofit, and they're run in partnership with governments and other stakeholders. So there's really two models for how you run a registry. One is for-profit, make-money model, which is .com, and the other is the kind of multi-stakeholder, non-profit model, which is used by a lot of country domains like .ca and .de for Germany, but it's also used by domains like .eco that are committed to operating in the public interest. Okay. So it seems like you can have for-profits, coalitions nonprofits, anybody basically following the rules and reg of, you know, determined by ICANN to say, all right, you got that TLD, you're good to go. Sorry, what does TLD even mean? It's uh, it's a, a nerd term for domain name ending. It is the suffix to a domain name. So whenever you see like www.example.whatever.george, the .george part is called a top level domain. I'd like to continue using uh, the TLD example of .george here too for. Um, it, it just has a good ring to it, I think. It does. I like it. <laughs> There's another nonprofit that I see popping up in a lot of these news stories uh, about the private equity firm. What is it called? Empathy? Ethos. 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 I keep calling it empathy. It's uh, clearly designed in a certain name structure that, that's in my mind. Yeah, Ethos. Uh, but there's another name that pops up a lot, a, a nonprofit, the Internet Society. Uh, like, who are those? ISOC. Who are those folks? Yeah. So the Internet Society has been around for a long time, almost since the Internet itself was getting started. And it's a nonprofit that was designed to advocate for open, transparent principles around governing the Internet. So at the core, the Internet sort of has three main organizations that govern how it's run. The first is ICANN, which is this nonprofit we talked about. It really looks after the domain names and also IP addresses, right? So hence the name Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. There's another group called the Internet Engineering Task Force, the IETF, which really looks after the languages that different machines that are on the Internet use to talk to one another. And then there's a third group in this triumvirate called the Internet Society. And its job is really to support the work of the Internet Engineering Task Force, the IETF, and also to advocate for the principles on which the Internet itself was built. And, and, and this is really key because we think about the Internet as some sort of anonymous 
machine, but really it's the product of hundreds of engineers over decades working together in a very community-oriented, multi-stakeholder way to create systems and standards that keep the internet working in a very resilient, very effective fashion. That's really what it's allowed it to become so pervasive is this kind of model of uh, open governance. Which is why it seems like there are so many nonprofits, NGOs that I hear again and again in, in the various parts and plumbing of where are the pipes, where are they going, what's inside of them. And it seems like there's there's importance that there's not a lot of, at the core of the architecture, private ownership. Am I, am I reading this right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, it's, it's really founded on the principles of open volunteerism. The best idea wins, not the person with the most money. Um, and, you know, challenging each other intellectually to think about what are the best ways for the system to work. That's how the Internet you know, operates at its core. And, and those are the values that Internet society, uh, you know, claims to uphold. And the Internet society is quite interesting because as part of funding their operations, they were given uh, decades ago control over the .org domain. And what happened is that the .org domain became massive. You know, when it was just getting started, it was not very many registrations and nobody thought there would be any money in owning domain names. And that seemed ridiculous, you know, in the 80s. And now, you know, they're pulling in $90 million a year from .org domains. So it's a huge amount of money and a huge obligation and responsibility. And I think it's been a big challenge for them to think about how to use that capital, you know, in a way that corresponds to their values. So I am hearing ISOC, ISOC, the Internet Society, they're making money on .orgs, or I thought it was public interest registry. Like, where did those folks come in? Yeah, so it's a little bit complicated. As best as I can understand, there's the public interest registry, which is basically owned by the Internet Society, right? So if you can imagine, there's a the main organization is ISOC as the nonprofit, it owns the rights to .org, and it lets public interest registry kind of uh, operate as a subsidiary to them and do its thing. But they're very, they're linked. They're intrinsically linked, and basically public interest registry is a sub-nonprofit of Internet Society. I, I think I am at like 10%. I could repeat this, which means our audience is at 1%. I think we're crushing it right now. And there's no <laughs> way they aren't riveted because we're talking about plumbing, everybody, and the internet. It just works. <laughs> the simplest works. way I can put it, yeah, it's, it's a great point. It's really complicated. The simplest thing to know is that .org was run by nonprofits, and it's now bringing in $90 million a year. And this is publicly disclosed. What is great about even the fundamentals of the public disclosure is that we can look at the 990 and say, ah, that's where those dollars are. That's who's on the board. That's what's going on. Now, something interesting happened. Somehow, you know, over the past nine months, it looks like, a company, uh, Ethos Capital, has come in and somehow purchased this and put in a petition that is in place to say, hey, we're just going to take over this, that 90 million-aught, maybe even more, 
as we'll get into, we're just going to take this over from you, little nonprofit. And by the way, we're going to make money on it. Help me get how this happens. Yeah, so that was the penny drop moment that really got me mm, engaged on this issue. The Internet Society, totally out of the blue, on November 13th, I believe, posted on their website, hey, good news, everyone, we sold .org to a, to a company, and it's going to be fantastic for everybody. And I think there was a giant collective, wait, what happened? And the more you looked into it, the more you thought you saw that this was totally out of the blue. Uh, .org was going to become a for-profit company. And what's more, it was bought by a bunch of people who have been deep into the ICANN and Internet Society and this whole space for a long, long time and helping to create the conditions for this acquisition to occur. And so it seems to me that pretty antithetical to the values that Internet Society itself you know, claims to represent. So that's, that's why people are surprised. It really feels like some some more information should have been shared about it. If if let's say uh, I don't know you rent your apartment and your house is sold, I feel like there should be like a a note that's sent to me saying, "Hey, we sold your house. You got to send your checks to this person now." How did I miss this? I feel like I was sleeping. Yeah, well, there was no prior warning. And this is, I think it's bigger than just selling your house. I mean, we're talking about signature architecture, architecture and about a symbol of a movement. The analogy that I'm playing around with is imagine the queen of England uh, just one day announced that she had sold Buckingham Palace for the tourist dollars and it was going to be run by an investment bank and benefit the royal family. What would the reaction of the citizens of the United Kingdom be to that? They would probably lose their minds. Um, you know, these things are not supposed to be for sale, full stop. Moreover, they're not supposed to be sold completely out of the blue in a way that just surprises everybody. That seems to me to be kind of the double whammy here. It's, it's not just that they sold it. It's that they you know, surprised everybody and tried to pass it off as a great thing. That seems like, uh, you know, worrying <laughs> at the least. It does feel a touch worrying. It, the lack of transparency is like a signal. We can dig into who's necessarily behind ethos in, in just a minute, but I want to just lay out some timeline points that you just mentioned it looks like in May, Ethos Capital is like, I don't know, a domain, right? They quasi-exist or they existed before. And then something interesting happens, it seems, in June. Can you explain what it means that the .org price caps were changed? Yeah, so there's a bit of a backstory here, and it, it all kind of harkens back to a former CEO of The Regulator, a guy named Fadi Shahadi. About five years ago, uh, Fadi was running ICANN. He was the CEO. And he started a process to, quote, unquote, regularize the contracts that ICANN as a regulator 
has with these different domain name endings. And so part of that was removing things like price caps. They wanted to harmonize all their contracts with all their different registries to simplify compliance and to make it you know, easier for them to run the hundreds of different contracts that they have with different domain name endings all over the world. While Fadi was doing this, he announced that he was going to leave ICANN and that he was going to join a private equity firm called Abri Partners. And the guy at Abri Partners that he started working with is Eric Brooks. So he stays at ICANN while working for Abri for a little over a year. And then he leaves and things go quiet. And at the same time, uh, Abri starts you know, working much more closely with various domain companies in the field and starts to hire ICANN staff to join those companies. So Fadi and Eric are working to basically bring people from the regulator into their orbit. And then what happens is the .org contract, which is renewed about every 10 years, comes up for renewal. And it's renewed under the terms of the new contractual structure that Fadi put in place, no price caps. Immediately after that contract is signed by the regulator, Fadi is, registers ethoscapital.com. And that's public information, so we know that he's, you know, at least in some way, associated with ethos. Then we have a period of silence again for a little while, and we find out in November that totally out of the blue, Ethos Capital, which is Eric Brooks and Fadi Shahadi, has bought.org. And so that's the line. Basically, Fadi set the conditions to allow for the price increases in .org, and then he joined a firm that bought.org. I understand 70% of this. The part I don't is how this all sort of happens. Again, like my house was purchased by somebody who then took off the rent control rules on it, saying we can charge rent of whatever we would like based on you know, new rules. So the valuation of this is almost undetermined. Right. And by the way, you're just a small nonprofit. We'll take it from here because the upside could be far higher. So we know from an Internet Society press release that Ethos Capital acquired .org in a transaction and that, and that that transaction is going to close in the first quarter of next year. So there's an undisclosed sum changing hands there between Ethos Capital, Eric Brooks and his team, and the Internet Society. And we know it's a 501c3dISOC, as you just explained, is one of the characters. So at some point, we will get access to that 990, and they will have to disclose that information. The question is timing. That's right. Let's move on to the phase I shall declare as I'm mad as hell and I don't want to take it anymore. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, um, what's going on that uh, a listener could jump in on right now? So the place to go if you want to support the campaign to save.org is save.org.org. And there's a letter there that's been put together by a bunch of different nonprofit organizations, including Electronic Frontier Foundation, N10, Girl Scouts of America, and many others uh, who have signed on to protect.org. So that URL again is save.org.org. 
go there, sign the letter, and let's tell the Internet Society, ICANN, and others that .org needs to stay a nonprofit. You know what's tough right now is that our current news cycle is being dominated by a bit of a circus. Uh, you know, one one look at any any news channel and whatnot gets you, you know, the, the Trump flavor of the day, the tweet of the moment, and frankly, the impeachment hearings that are sucking all of the news oxygen out of the room, while something that's going to impact the sector for decades to come is happening while everyone's not paying attention. Yeah, I agree. And I think the simplest thing to do here is to sign the petition and get in touch to put your organization's vote of support in there. There is a coalition that's coming together that can work on your behalf to defend.org. And don't worry about it. You know, let that let your voice speak for itself. These organizations, ISOC and ICANN and others are not used to public pressure and exposure. They are deep in the plumbing. And if we get together and deliver a consistent, strong voice that this needs to be done differently, they will listen. Jacob, thank you for explaining this to me as though I were a 10-year-old. Uh, we may need to have you back to, to, to further narrate uh, the pieces as it unfolds. You can find resources in our show notes. This is episode 152. Thanks so much, George. Keep doing it. Thanks, buddy. Good work. I'd like to disclose that we have reached out to Ethos Capital for a podcast interview and statement here to make sure that we're being fair to the folks named. Anyone else also named in this podcast is welcome to reach out to us at letstalkatwholewhale.com, and we'd love to have your, your side of the story here, your narrative, to add a better understanding of, of essentially what's going on. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at Whole Whale. And thanks for joining us. Music as always provided by gregthomasmusic.org. Greg Thomas, the wonderful tunes that make everything feel better, even the sale of .org domains. Well, maybe not that, but pretty much everything else.
Well, right now, the best place to go to show your support is digitallandgrab.org and sign the petition. So we already have 91 signatures. Lots of people are signing up. There are uh, a bunch of organizations that are organizing into a coalition right now. So you can get in touch with uh, either yourself, George, or myself to be a part of that coalition and sign the petition and tell people at Internet Society that they should stop this deal and suspend this sale until we can go through an open, transparent process to figure out how .org can be run in the interest of nonprofits by a nonprofit.